There are two thespians talking about theater right now. And you're listening to them. And that them is us. I'm Brenton, an inspiring actor. And I'm Mark, and that's actually what I want to do too. So why don't you continue to do what you're doing. And listen to some thespian thoughts. With Brenton. And Mark. Attend the tale of Sweeney Todd. This Stephen Sondheim classic has taken audiences by storm since 1979 by creating an iconic dark comedy that was like nothing else ever put on stage until this point. The show opened on Broadway on February 6, 1979, and the musical starred Len Carreyou as Sweeney Todd and Angela Lansbury as Mrs. Lovett. The show was directed by legendary Broadway director Harold Prince, and the musical won 9 out of its 10 Tony nominations, including Best Musical, Best Book by Hugh Wheeler, Best Score, and Best Leading Actor and Actress Awards. The show ran for 557 performances and 19 previews. The show closed on June 29, 1980. The first revival opened on September 14, 1989 and closed on February 25, 1990 after 189 performances. Now, this revival was not as revolutionary as what would become as his second Broadway revival. The second Broadway revival opened on November 3rd, 2005. The revival starred Michael Cerveris as Sweeney Todd and Patti Lapone as Mrs. Lovett. The production was directed by John Doyle. The revival was supported by an intriguing new concept of which the story is retold in an asylum where Tobias Ragg is locked up. The most interesting change is the cast played instruments throughout the show. Now that we know the history of this iconic musical, it's time for some thespian thoughts on Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Mark, how was your week? Yeah, it was pretty good. It's second week, second week of the semester. It's going starting off to a nice pretty good start and feeling pretty pumped today because it's our first episode here indeed it is and welcome to thespian thoughts uh as mark mentioned it's our first episode here and today we'll be talking about sweeney todd the Ah, demon barber of fleet street as you heard just a few moments ago okay so um mark let me ask you what do you first think about when you hear about sweeney todd what are the first things that come to mind because i know it's a big part at least through a Sondheim show that you really enjoy. Mm-hmm. So what can you tell the viewers and myself about what you really think about when you hear Sweeney Todd? Well, what I think about when I hear Sweeney Todd, I think of one of my favorite Stephen Sondheim musicals of all time. I absolutely love the show. And I sort of think of how I came to the show, how I first myself discovered it for myself because I discovered it in a very interesting way, is at first it was through, listen. it was an interesting way that I got to it because it was through listening to a musical called Something Rotten, which mm-hmm. very lovingly, and especially in its song and musical, gives a lot of nods to various other shows that exist. And while watching a video that was deliberately saying, here's what, uh, this portion is a cameo too. Here's what this is a portion to a cameo too. I always saw that this small portion, and I saw this title come up that was Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. 
and just that title I was always very intrigued by. So initially I decided looking that up on YouTube and the first thing that came up was the Tim Burton movie. Mm-hmm. Was That was the first thing that right. came up, which is how I learned of it. Eventually I f- saw that it was on Netflix. I watched mm-hmm. it and I was very intrigued by it. I found it, I found it very intriguing. And then eventually I found out that it was based on a, on a stage musical. I found the stage musical and I fell in love with this beautiful piece of theater. So we're not going to be talking about a movie a lot, but uh, since you brought up the movie, do you think the movie really gives um, what audience should expect in the stage production of Sweeney Todd? Do you think that lives up to it? I would say not really. It sort of misses something because with most productions of Sweeney Todd, is there is some sort of motif that's kind of throughout the whole show. Like with the original production, it was very Brechtian in style, and it had a full Brechtian chorus that was completely integrated into the ensemble. And the set was very Brechtian, trying to make that statement. And also with the 2005 revival, through how it set the whole production, like it was just a bunch of patients in an asylum putting on a play. With the Tim Burton film, it feels like that sort of motif kind of element that gives Sweeney Todd a little bit of its magic is missing. It feels like it's taking the script a little bit too literally and like really going like full on very hard into like this is an actual real thing without with missing using it as how it comments on various issues that are very prevalent to the human experience. Well, one thing that I found interesting was that the reason why Tim Burton took on the project is he was a fan of the original production, uh-huh. and he saw it when he was young, and he was just inspired by this story. And I just found it surprising, I guess, that I agree with you. He didn't really live up to what it originally was meant to say, even though, right, both productions, which we'll be talking about today, the original 1979 production and then the 2005 second revival, they both have their own motifs. But it's still, it's the same story, but uh-huh. it's just told different ways. And for the movie, it was just vastly different. I think musically it was different. Yep. And just the tone it took. A lot of stuff was cut. And Right. And just it took the Tim Burton direction, which of course, because he is a director. But for someone who enjoyed something so passionately as... Uh, when he was younger, and just see how he made it. I just found it interesting that that's what it became. Mm-hmm. It is very, in, it is a very interesting movie musicals, and I would venture to say that, especially with recent, more recent movie musicals, I would venture to say it is one of the one of the kind of better ones. Like I've seen some that are just not really that good, mm-hmm. but. I don't know. It's very it's very intriguing. It feels like it kind of brings in a very interesting take on it. It does. It does. So uh, now that we mentioned the movie briefly, we're now going to be talking about the two main productions, as I mentioned in the intro, 
1979 production, which we're going to talk about right now. Right. And we're just going to share a little bit of our thoughts on the original production. We're not going to mention the 2005 yet because we just want to get a full grasp of both shows and then compare them. Indeed. So let's start with 1979. Mark, what are your thoughts on the original production? I think that the original production is fabulous. I do quite love this original production with all of their wonderful performances with wonderful performances with in Sweeney Todd with both Len Carew and George Hearn and also the wonderful performance of Angela Lansbury mm -hmm. as Mrs. Lovett and it's a very technically complex mu music it's very interesting to listen to it has this wonderful sense of threat to it, yet it never seems to take itself too broodingly. Mm -hmm. It also lives in how it is very much a dark comedy. Right. And it really, and I feel like the humor is really there a lot. Like there's a lot of things that you don't think you really should be laughing at, but you are because they are indeed very funny, like the whole song, A Little Priest. It's a very morbid song when you look down upon it, but yes. whenever you see the performance, it is wonderful, it is gloriously funny, and it is just a fabulous song. I think uh, my point on this is that, uh, first of all, with Angela Lansbury's uh, performance as Mr. Love, it is, to me, spot on. Mm -hmm. Of course, she had nothing to reference before that, and just the direction behind Hal Prince and uh -huh. Stephen Sondheim with them teaching her what to do in her own instincts was just very intriguing that she took the take on it that she did. I thought it made the show more realistic. So uh -huh. you have those people in real life that they're so crazy. But you just look at them, personality, and she's just, she's just so calm and loving and she's charming is what Indeed. I'd like to describe her as. So I just thought that was interesting to see that. And uh, as you mentioned earlier with um, the music and that, uh, I think for Sondheim, this music, like all of his other musicals, even though this is a dark comedy, he doesn't let that decide it's a dark comedy in the music because you have music that's very, I mean, dark in tone, but then you go to songs that are more upbeat uh -huh. and fun and it's just a nice mix of that. And you also have that, I think, I compare this a lot to Into the Woods. Like, you have... Like, Pirelli, like Pirelli's Miracle Elixir being a very bright, upbeat song. And then you have something like Epiphany, which is a very dark, brooding power ballad. Right. Yes. And another thing that I uh, want to comment on is God That's Good, which is the whole tone of the song is very dark. But the way it's it, the way it was composed... Is very upbeat and very light, and it's, it's very bright. Fun. It is, and it's a great ensemble piece. It's a very, it's a powerhouse of a song, in my Indeed. opinion. So I think that really, it drives the second act up. Even though the second act is very depressing, yes. But even though Sondheim never let that second act go down with just all depressing he adds those little flares in there down by the sea mm -hmm. and all those different pieces all in the there. parlor songs right everything up to the end and that's where you just get the main message with it still being a dark comedy uh-huh yes uh, 
I would say also what's a wonderful thing about the 1979 production is talking about more of the Brechtian style that it took and how through having this Brechtian style and making it, it was able to very much explore many different themes and many different subtle themes. Like I know when talking about Sweeney Todd, Stephen Sondheim would constantly would usually reference how Sweeney Todd is mainly a story about how revenge can mainly just well up in a person and destroy them and cause them massive harm to do things that they don't want to do because just how through Sweeney's endless lust to be able to kill Judge Turpin, he ends up killing, spoiler alert, his wife. Mm-hmm. without even knowing that. Right. And I and also it's interesting how when describing the show how Prince likes to mention how Sweeney Todd is very much a commentary upon the ruthlessness of capitalism. Right. Through but- how even in the beginning of the show they had a large drop that was just the beehive of society which had all of these high-ranking officials like Judge and Beetle, which are two main huge antagonists in the story, all mm-hmm. at the top. And then in the much lower levels, you had like Pie Maker and Barber and such like that. Mm-hmm. And that's another point I want to go off. is like a common misconception is, so, is that it's all about death, which is not true. Indeed. It's a show about capitalism and where people stand and it's talking about all these different themes and just related back to Sweeney Todd revenge now but it's never about death now death is something that occurs in the show most definitely but I feel like sometimes a misconception especially when the movie came out was that it's about death and yes like when you mentioned with the original production with the beehive backdrop Mm -hmm. if you didn't see that if you're just going to uh, maybe a community theater production or a high school school edition production and you see that and then maybe they just don't uh describe that and people don't pay attention because this is a show where you really need to pay attention they're not giving to you what's happening like some musicals today yes that was a music they're not handing you the theme right sweeney todd was something you had to pay attention to and that's what sondheim did with many of his shows he wanted you to pay attention Mm -hmm. to what was going on and that's was great between the collaboration between hell prince and Sondheim because they just really wanted to define that this was going to be something totally different that's ever been on stage before. Indeed. Okay, so now that we talked about the 1979 production, we're going to be talking about the 2005 Second Revival. Why the 2005 Second Revival? Well, this one would be called Revolutionary. Indeed. So, let's start. What are your thoughts on the 2005 Second Revival? I think that it is a wonderful a wonderful addition to a very new way of looking at Sweeney Todd. I feel like it's a wonderful concept and it's also very interesting in the way through how you see it through John Doyle's direction. It's wonderfully placed in an asylum and you start the show and you have Toby you have Toby sitting in a chair in a straitjacket. 
mm-hmm. is how you start the show, and then coming through a large, coming through a door in the back of the set, someone comes forward, takes Toby out of his straight jacket, gives him Toby his violin because in this production everyone plays instruments. Yes, which we'll get back to in a few minutes, and he start and the beginning parts of the song start playing and he starts singing the first first verse of the ballad of Sweeney Todd whereas originally that was sung by a random ensemble member Mm. now this is all just based upon just the central characters there's no more ensemble it's a much more intimate piece is because it's just dealing with the characters and there's also, through having the instruments played by the actors, there are very subtle things that allow connections for characters. Like, both Antony and Joanna both play cello, mm-hmm. which is something that, that can connect them together, showing their sort of rushed love-slash-lust for each other. And then you also have both the Beatle and the Judge both play trumpet, because they are both very much friends with each other. They could probably go down to the pub and have a beer together. Mm-hmm. And it is very interesting. Uh, one thing about um, the music, especially when you mentioned it was intimate, the music mm-hmm. is very different from this. Yes. And uh, there's definitely one. So when you first listen to the Ballad of Sweeney Todd in the 2005 Second Revival, it's it's not as... Uh, driven as the original production mm-hmm. because in the 1979 the Ballad of Sweeney Todd just entered like a truck just going uh-huh. it was just barreling with full, through with the full orchestra right just barreling through and this one with in the 2005 very few people on stage uh-huh. and very few instruments used not you don't get that full sound but, but it's much more gritty yes and very it very much matches this tone that they're trying to create throughout the production. Right. Which is why um, I know it got a lot of, uh, I wouldn't say a lot, but it got some backlash at the um, Tony Awards um, about saying how it wasn't as powerful as original production, but you can't really compare these two because they're vastly different. It's like apples and oranges. Right. You have, obviously... It's still Sweeney Todd, Mm -hmm. but things have changed. It's now a contemporary version of the adaption. Exactly. And John Doyle, uh, with his brilliance, um, brought in the cast to play instruments, like you mentioned earlier. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some playing the same instruments to compare uh, bondings or love or lust. And it's just, I think it was, like you said, perfect word, intimate situation to have that on stage mm-hmm. now i think we should talk about the people's performances first off i think we should talk about michael cerberus as mm. sweeney todd i feel like this a perf- this is a performance where it really helps to see what he's doing to really like get the full oomph mm-hmm. of what he's doing because Although the cast recording is very nice, I feel like it doesn't do total justice to the performance in itself. Because throughout the production, 
Michael Cerberus is this gloriously brooding introvert. He's very quiet and very to himself, but just on a snap, he could go up and kill you really fast. Mm-hmm. Like, after after a poor thing happens, and Mrs. Lovett, Lovett tells me that Lucy poisoned herself with arsenic, he's all the way over on the other side of the stage. He rushes right over, and he's choking her. He is, like, basically choking her, trying to kill Mrs. Lovett right there, just because of just how how much anger he has bent inside. Mm-hmm. And it's very chilling how just on a dime he can snap and he is ready to just kill someone at the drop of a hat. Right. And I think um, one way to describe his uh, performance, at least musically, is it's... Um, well, I think it's, uh, I would describe it as still, but mm-hmm. I think, uh, like you mentioned, when he goes, uh, into, um, parts where he just rages about certain things, then you get that more intense, gritty feeling. But I think it's very still. And when you think about Sweeney Todd, the character itself, he isn't very still. Mm-hmm. Um, he's had a very terrible past and just for him his character although um in the reference to 2005 they're all inmates in an asylum exactly so and that's interesting and i think it was very clever of doyle to just make all these characters still their inmate selves but still the characters like sweeney todd mrs lovett joanna anthony mm-hmm. all those characters but still have that inmate background and have those little just odd abnormalities uh, within their personality. So I think that was just a very clever way of uh, Mm -hmm. addressing the characters. It fits the tone, the whole overall tone of the show is trying to put on with having Sweeney Todd just be very quiet and reclusive and basically not really wanting to talk to anyone. He just... He just wants his wife and child back, and he wants to be left alone. Mm-hmm. Is really what you're getting out of this tone is that he just wants to know where the two of them are. Can they be with him? And then he wants to go away and never be bothered again. Is basically what it feels like in this tone that seems right. to be created. So um, now for this, we'll be just going to talk about characters. Of course, we'll be comparing the shows at the uh, end of the show for today but uh for back to michael Cerberus and um uh compare him to either um len carey or george hearn obviously they're both a very different productions but do you think that maybe looking at the role sweeney todd himself if there's any parallels to any of the characters that maybe would help uh i guess define him as a whole and just try to guide both characters in the same direction. Of course, stylistically, it was very different. So can you think of any parallels between their performances, not just their characters, but actors in general, how they approach the role? Well, I feel like something that's very eminent throughout 
vote all three through Michael Cerberus's, Len Carew's, and George Hearn's performances, there is all very much this brooding anger to it because Sweeney Todd very much has a lot of brooding anger in himself because he's very angry through all the ways he's been wronged, wronged in himself. But also all of them in their voices when especially talking about how he's never going to see Joanna again. Lucy is gone. There's also this very much a very hurt quality to all of them. They are all very much hurt and you can hear it in their voice that they're very very hurt inside it's it's almost like a dog like a larger dog that's been brutally battered it almost feels like a dog that's really battered but is very much willing if you cross if you cross him and try to like come at him aggressively he is going to strike you even though he's very much in pain he is going to attack you and he is going to get you gone and i think um um now to me personally um at the characters themselves you can't really compare um lem carry and george hearn to michael services sweeney todd because they're in just different worlds mm-hmm. but you can compare lem carry and george hearn which were in the same production, yep. but just played at different times. Of course, Len Caryu was originating the role, and then George Hearn took after um, very shortly after Len Caryu in the same production. So, yep. um, and to me, um, Len and George, their voices are pretty similar. I would say somewhat. They're not vastly different. Of course, there are their They're not little... extremely different. No. I would say I would say probably George Hearns is a, has a little bit more gruffness right. to it than Len Carrius. Len Carrius is more smooth and melodic mm-hmm. sort of voice than I would say George Hearns' voice is. Right. Um, so now let's talk about um, Patti Lapone and Angela Lansbury. Um, both these characters are played two different ways. And I think this is definitely a character that they approach very differently, of course. Uh-huh. Again, mentioning they're two different productions and they're just, their tones are two different ways. But I think I want to talk about Patti LuPone first and how I feel like originally thinking about this, it's just personally hard for me to... If you were to ask me this, if in around like 2004, if I was older and had more knowledge about musical theater, I would say I probably couldn't imagine Patti LuPone as Mrs. Lovett because I still have that 1979 production in my mind without knowing of this concept in that. Mm-hmm. But if you just tell me Patti LuPone's going to be Mrs. Lovett, I would question that because it's just very different from any other role she's played. And if you look at Angela Lansbury and compare it to her. It's very different takes. Now, once we knew that her Patti LuPone's version existed and it was in its own world, then I can see it because she has her own very uh, decisive way of making her character come to life and different. I mean, of course, she never would want to step on what Angela Lansbury did because no one can touch that. Mm-hmm. What she did originally. So Patty made it her own way, which was perfect. Exactly. It was very different and very diverse from what Angela Lansbury had. What are your thoughts on the two 
women? I would say through, of course, these two productions are very much in two different worlds, but I would say for try and compare them just for the sake of comparing, to me, when I just see Patty's performance and hear Patty's performance, what I always, what I was thinking about throughout the entirety of this thing is that she is all is that Patty seems uh, with her Mrs. Lovett. She is always in control. She was always one step ahead. She always knows what to say and when to say it. Like with Todd being very volatile, Mrs. Lovett knows exactly what to say to get Todd to calm down, and she very much has a plan and is very much willing to be able to use it feels like she's very much willing to be able to use Todd's anger for her own personal benefit and she's very much able to give that sort of knowing that she always knows what's going on she always has a plan and it only feels like that plan really falls apart at the end when something that she didn't account for the beggar woman showing up showing up and she knew that the beggar woman was Lucy this whole time Mm -hmm. and then Todd just reacting as he reacts then finally Mrs. Lovett's being ahead seems to just fall apart art is really what it feels like Mm -hmm. and Angela Lansbury's Mrs. Lovett is very much it feels more spontaneous yes. and upbeat and very much more I would say motherly would yes, be a mother, good it's like motherly but also maybe feel like wacky in a yes. really good way mm-hmm. like she's very much her head just goes one way and then it goes another and then it goes mm-hmm. another it's, she very much is like in worst pies of London she's very much she's focusing on the pie now she's focusing on Todd right. and she's talking on Todd her pie, mind goes ta, all over the pie, place. Pie, Todd, Todd. Hey, look, there's a bug. Pie, Todd. Mm-hmm. And it's. I think it was cool that her voice was able to do that. Just which I mean, she is a very mm-hmm. talented actress, and just her, her mental state, and just her voice, just switching. You can tell that she's thinking about all thousand different things going around around her. Uh-huh. And I think that was very interesting, of her approach to that song. Indeed. All right, uh, we're gonna take a little break, and then coming up after the break. Let's compare the productions. We'll be right back after this. We hope you're enjoying this episode of Thespian Thoughts. Want to stay in the loop? Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Thespian Thought Show, and on Twitter, at The Two Thespians, to find out more about Brenton and Mark. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. Mark? How do you think episode one's going for us so far? I think it's going all right. What I'm having a good think? time. I'm uh, also having a good time. It's... I hope that our listeners are having a good time as well, having as much fun as we are. Yes, it's 
since you don't know this, uh, listeners, uh, we've wanted to do this for a long time. We have very interesting conversations about theater all the time. We thought, hey, why don't we do it in front of a microphone and have the world hear us? So that's what we're doing right now. Yeah, why not do a podcast? We always talked about it. And recently I remembered, hey, my brother has a microphone that he never uses and he might be willing to part with so then we could make this podcast a reality. Shout out to my brother Tim Radke. Thank you for this microphone and being able to have this podcast be possible. Yes. All right. Well, now I think it's time to get back in the swing of things. Back to the action with Sweeney Todd. The Demon Bubber of Fleet Street. Indeed. Okay, so, uh, before the break, of course, uh, we talked about uh, just the show in general, Sweeney Todd. We briefly touched on the movie, and then Mm -hmm. we started with the 1979 production and the 2005 uh, Second Revival. So, um, let's compare the shows. Of course, we mentioned that they're very different in style. Indeed. And musically, um, through direction... So let's just talk about the different comparisons and what we've either seen or heard uh, with either the soundtrack or watching the productions. So um, I guess uh, one thing I would say, um, compared from the 1979 to 2005, is that uh, even though the styles are different, I think uh, one thing that is really nice comparing it is the tone. Mm-hmm. And now it's very dark, but it still has those light moments. And when you think about it, yeah. um, especially set in the asylum, you think, oh, it's going to be much darker. Uh-huh. But it still has those light moments. Yes. Especially within the score and uh, within uh, the show, as um, Mark noted before. Uh, it's just, even though we don't get uh, that strong of sounds in the second Broadway revival, um, to be honest this show doesn't really need that full Mm -hmm. sound of the pit or uh, chorus it just needs that raw emotion that it was based upon yep and just giving the audiences what this was meant to be it's a musical thriller it's Mm -hmm. a dark comedy it's all these things that what makes Sweeney Todd Sweeney Todd so I think it's remarkable on how from 1979 to 2005 it lives up to the reputation, and it uh-huh. stayed what it was meant to be, but it was just told in a different fashion. Very true. And I would say, since we did a comparison, I would say an interesting contrast is sort of the mood that it gives to the audience. I would say it still keeps that dark grit, but basically through the motifs that they set within the performances, the original production, through doing it in a Brechtian style, what Brecht always tried to do in his plays was make sure that audience members weren't getting too very much drawing into this is real life. Like, it's not looking at the most lavish sets that look like you just took a ginormous, very ornate house, sliced it in half, and put it on stage. You tried to make it more gritty, right. more raw, or more raw and epic sense right. of theater, trying to get down to that. 
down to the really deeper themes that he was trying to get through right. in his plays. And I feel like how that comes through in Sweeney Todd, done in a Brechtian style, is that it sort of alienates the audience in a way where they can look upon the piece critically and they can see these themes and all of these commentaries that it's making on the various problems that the whole creative team saw in the world that they were living in. It can very much, they can step back and they can look at it and they can appreciate all these different things like the commentary on capitalism, what revenge can do to a person. Mm -hmm. They can very much appreciate this. Whereas with the 2005 revival, I feel very much with having a much smaller cast, having all of the instruments played by the cast members, it makes the show much more intimate and it makes you feel even though you're in a large Broadway house, you're having a very special experience that is just among a couple of people who are telling something that they still see is very important. And it sort of like gives you a more closer connection to mm -hmm. it, making it a more intimate space than as opposed to the alienation effect that is just present in all of Brecht's works and having things done in the style of Brecht. Right. And I think um, one thing that both the shows touch on really well is the gothic realism mm -hmm. used throughout. And it's such a determined factor in both productions. Yes. And as we mentioned many times, even though it is the 2005 second revival is set in an asylum, you still get that real-life experience, uh -huh. that human reaction to things happening. Though it's a distraught and disturbed human reaction, exactly. you still get that raw emotion mm -hmm. that compared to the original production where they're just out on the streets and um, it's interesting to compare the two, especially uh, with 1979, City on Fire, uh -huh. when all the lunatics are out on the street. Um, yep. Jonas Fogg is dead, and you just get all this abrupt chaos. Yes. Just released the gates of hell mm -hmm. is what I like to refer to it as. Yes. While in uh, the 2005 revival, you still get that raw emotion, mm -hmm. but it's just, it doesn't dwell as deep as it does through that it gets deeper in other songs yes and i think that's interesting that the two shows compared to the 1979 2005 they pick certain songs that really dwell into the fact of the realism and the gothic realism mm -hmm. of the times and I think it was just very fascinating that both these productions seem to pick different songs. Now, of course, you have to have the usual songs, which reflect the feelings and emotions of the characters. Those stuck with it. But I think if you listen to some songs, they don't have the same impact as others. Uh -huh. Some songs has more impact than another song. And I think that was just interesting as direction by both um, musically and directorially and how both those um, impacts can be made on the audience. Mm -hmm. Well, what would, what would you think would be another interesting comparison between the two shows? Or would we perhaps maybe want to compare different interpretations of character between the two shows? 
Um, I think uh, characters would be interesting because I think if you're comparing the productions, you got to compare the characters because they are vastly different in nature. Mm-hmm. As of course, their basis is still the same. They're all the same characters, but they're just seen in a different light. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like one I can really think of is Beetle Bamford uh-huh. in the 1979. He's supposed yes. to be very yes. boisterous. Yes. Very yes. out there. He's very much... He has a very certain swagger to him. Yes. And especially when the judge is not on the scene, he very much commands the whole scene. Like during the contest, he very much gives off a presence of commanding the entire crowd. Mm -hmm. Of like knowing, even though he's saying... And that he's glad as always to oblige my friends and neighbors. He knows very much that he's very much above all of these people. Yes. And he very much is very controlling. Whereas what's really interesting in the 2005 revival is that throughout the whole thing, the Beatle is very monotone. His voice does not very much waver all around like your usual Beatle would. Mm-hmm. Because like very much like in parlor songs... He's going from these nicer, low, these thicker, richer notes, and then he's going flying up into the sky into these glorious falsetto notes. Whereas with here, the it is very much kept in a very much smaller range. It's very much yes. more monotone, which I think is a very interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. And I think just looking at those characters. They're played very differently. When you think you look at the um, 2005, just played by very mundane and just mm-hmm. a man of just stillness, and he doesn't really get a lot of reaction to anything. Like you said, uh-huh. very monotone. While you go back to 1979 and just other productions, the Beatle is very fun. He's boisterous. He's there. Indeed. Like you said, uh, especially with the contest, he doesn't give any care at all to those people in the streets he's the man in charge of the scene he's Mm -hmm. his demeanor is just fascinating to see how he is around other people and how Mm -hmm. he treats other people and when the judge is around the judge always kind of to me steps on him a little bit yes and but when the judge isn't there the beetle has the world to himself. He's just a greasy character, uh-huh. and he's just despicable. Yep. And that's what makes him so fun and fascinating and interesting, to look at all these mm-hmm. characters who are conflicted in their own ways. They have their own histories behind them, but all the histories come together as one, which creates a story, which both affect both productions. I feel like another very interesting and very strong character to compare between the two productions would indeed be having to look at the character of Toby. Because mm. I feel like yes. very much very much so in the 2005 revival, it gives a lot of focus to him. It very, mu- it very much gives some more focus and some more energy to him by he starts out the show he has the first line of music he's mm-hmm. the first character that you see in light and he is the last character that you see before the epilogue with 
before you see the epilogue of the Battle of Sweeney Todd, and mm. he also, just like in the original production, Toby does get the first line of the epilogue for the Battle Ballad of Sweeney Todd, and he also gets it here. I feel like it follows him much more, and it feels like it develops his character more. It really shows the 2005 revival really delves more into just the abuse that he probably yes. had at the hands of Pirelli and just very much how he's very happy to finally have someone who cares about him and Mrs. Lovett. Finally, someone cares about him and he's very protective of Mrs. Lovett. Because mm. I know even before, story, even story-wise before, or Toby is introduced to Mrs. Lovett in the story, you can even see as the actors when Todd threatens Mrs. Lovett, Toby is very much very angry by it and wants mm -hmm. to intervene and wants to rip away Todd from Mrs. Lovett because he sees this as his caretaker. This is his mother, even though it's not his actual mother, but this right. is someone that he can finally look to and someone who finally actually cares about him and he is very imminent in his wanting to protect. And it feels like in the 1979 production, it does focus on Toby's willingness to do anything for Mrs. Lovett, especially once he is introduced in the story. It just feels like 2005 really gives him some more... Substance. Su yes. Right. It really gives him some more substance and more stuff to work with. Yes. And really makes him a much more interesting character. It makes you want to look into the story more and give him some focus. Because it feels like when you think about Sweeney Todd, you really want to think about you want to think about Sweeney Todd's story. You mm -hmm. want to think about Mrs. Lovett's story. You want to think about Judge Turpin's story. But then in here it also gives light to a somewhat one might say somewhat forgettable character in Toby and it really gives him light it really gives him some more substance and I feel like that's a really interesting and really good high point of what the 2005 revival gives to the show right. I guess one thing that I've always been curious on is this is more looking at the original production uh -huh. is what do you think happens after uh, to the living after the aftermath of what happened uh, with all the death of Todd and Lovett and Lucy and all the people who had an effect in the story and the Beatle and the judge. Mm -hmm. And just you have Joanna, Anthony, and Toby. Those are the only uh -huh. three that survive in the story. What do you think happens to them? Because I'm just – I have my own theories, but I'm just curious – to see uh, what are your thoughts on uh, what would be uh, their lives after this traumatic situation. I don't... This this is a very good question. <laughs> um, well, I feel like it'd be very hard to say. I feel like Toby's future might be very volatile be, because definitely... After the show, I feel like he would definitely be thrown into the asylum. Yes, that we do know. For a fact, he definitely would be thrown into asylum. What he would do after that, whether he would ever escape, whether he would be willing to hurt anyone, 
I'm not sure. I don't know if he would want to hurt anyone because specific. I think he's very willing to hurt someone, but specifically he states right after he sees Todd sulking over Lucy and just being very disappointed in himself and just wondering what did he just do? How could he do this? Toby very deliberately states, oh, you hurt her too. You shouldn't hurt nobody no more. Shouldn't hurt anybody. Mm-hmm. So, but then once he sees Todd's razor, he's very much willing to take the razor and slit Todd's throat, which I feel displays how he very much has a penchant for being able to commit violence but yeah. I don't think he very much would want to. Only if he is, only if he feels wronged in any way, like if someone he would deeply care about was being hurt. I feel like he would very much have a pension for violence. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if he necessarily would want to. With Anthony and Joanna, I feel as though after this traumatic experience. They would want to run away from all of this. Is really what. But do you think they'd want to run away together? I'm not sure about that. I don't. I don't know exactly about that. I know that they would want to run away from London. I don't know if they would be together or not. That is the question. Right. So I'm. uh, I guess one of my things about Toby is, to me, the story comes to full circle, Mm -hmm. and to me. Um, Toby is Todd in his own way. Yes. He becomes Todd. Mm -hmm. Um, You have, uh, looking back as uh, Benjamin Barker, uh, who becomes Sweeney Todd, of course. Uh, Benjamin Barker, he had uh, just a short time of happiness, Mm -hmm. but it was happiness for him. Then his life came crashing down, became Mm -hmm. very traumatic, Yes. and then he got sent away. That's the same thing that happened to Tobias. He was mm-hmm. happy for just a yeah. little bit, and then all everything around him came crashing down. Yeah, and it's just he just seek revenge. Now the thing with Tobias, he gets his revenge right away. Yes, he has uh, nothing to worry about. What Todd has to wait, mm-hmm. and that's agonizing to him. Yes, and that's what just makes him more, it I just, guess, ruthless. Mm-hmm. To when he gets to Judge Turpin. He's just increases waiting. His, increases his lust for blood. Yes, he's just he spilled. waiting and waiting. And every step he gets, even the beetle, that's just another step further mm-hmm. to Turpin. And it's just the steps that each of these characters take, I think is just really fundamentally important to understand the way of the story and how it flows and what all it works together to create what Sweeney Todd is. Mm-hmm. All right. So now, I feel like there's another interesting thing that I would want to talk about is that the comparison of the interpretations of Joanna in each of them. In the original production, she seems more like your base, basic sort of ingenue character. Mm-hmm. She seems more like that, except for she does still seem to have a little bit more substance. Like You can tell that she's trapped in her situation. She doesn't want to be there. But I feel very much in the 2005 revival, it really gives her more in the actress who is playing Joanna, really especially through her singing. 
really gives this sort of more desperateness of she wants out of her situation. She wants out right now and she's willing to do anything because because in Act 2, when Antony comes and tries to save Joanna from the asylum, Antony can't bring himself to shoot Fog, but Joanna picks up the gun yes. and right there in cold, in cold blood just shoots Fog and she is able to act and I feel like it's in the revival it feels much more prompted and much more it comes up just through this actress's performance because you couldn't tell for the through the beginning from the start with Greenfin with Greenfinch Linnetbird mm-hmm. you can tell how desperate she is and how much she wants to get out of her situation because she is so frightened by Turpin and she wants Turpin to be gone. She just wants to be away from him. She doesn't really care where. She's not focused on that. She's just right. focused on, I want out right now. Yes. As long as she's somewhere else, it mm-hmm. doesn't matter. Yes. And I feel like then it's more fitting when she finds Ian's Antony and Antony wants to be able to take her away. She very much, she finds that. She sees this is my escape right here. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily, it's not necessarily, it doesn't feel necessarily out of a quick love that has been created for Antony. It's very much, she sees this as, this is my escape. This is how I get out. This is how I get away from Turpin and I can get far away from here. Uh, this this guy, he seems all right. He doesn't seem like Turpin. I can do this. I can mm-hmm. get out. I'm good with that. Right. And it feels... It feels more like a developed character. It doesn't feel like a semi-developed ingenue character. Mm -hmm. It feels much more developed and someone who's very desperate to get out of her situation and she is willing to do whatever it takes to get out of her situation. Okay. So, now that we've analyzed both shows, it's time to determine which production do we personally like more. <laughs> so, Mark, we'll start with you since you are oh my goodness the Sweeney Todd expert. I wouldn't say expert. I just know a lot about this show because I love this show a lot, and I also, <laughs> and I mean, I also have physical copies of both of these, the CDs of both of these productions we have in a script because why not? I love this show, but. It's a very loaded question which one I like more because they're so different and they bring such different things to Sweeney Todd. Because through the 2005 revival, it brings much more intimateness to the story and it really it lets you focus on these characters. It develops characters some more so you can see more people's stories and it really works through that. Whereas with the original production, it really takes that wonderful Brechtian approach, allows you to focus upon some of the finer details, be able to see all of these messages that the story is trying to give. And one, I would say which one I personally like more. I like both of these productions a lot. Mm-hmm. I had to make sure that that is stated. Yes. Everyone knows I, that, right? Okay, I love good. both of these productions immensely. 
And if I could have been able to see either of them, I would pay so much money to be able to see it. I would die. It would be wonderful. But I feel that in my heart, just by a very slight margin, I think just by a very slight margin, I like the original production just a little bit better. Okay. All right. Now are you going to ask me why? <laughs> because I don't know if I can answer that question. I feel like we know why from our conversation. And I, I think personally I'm going to talk about it too. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give my revelation and maybe that will describe why you like the version you picked. Okay, so my decision on Sumini Todd. Both these shows have revolutionized the stage since their premieres, both Indeed. in 1979 and 2005. Yes. But, to me, the show that has the biggest impact mm-hmm. on musical theater as a whole, and me yes. in general, is yes. the original 1979 production. I thought so. And here, I had a feeling. And here's why. Here's why. Sweeney Todd never existed on stage until this point. Mm-hmm. Now, in 2005, you already had Sweeney Todd. Let's just say, if 2005 was original production, well, I would say... I mean, like, in 1979, you did have, like, the plays that it was based upon, but you didn't right. have the musical. You didn't have the musical. And that's what we're referring to. The musical is what we're all talking about here. And in 2005... We're not referring to the Christopher Bond play. Right. Let's just say you go to a parallel universe, and the 2005 is just the first original production. Then I would mm-hmm. say that is incredible uh-huh. it is exceptional and it was i was awestruck by it yes but to me 1979 is where it all started you have all these different characters come in and to me it is a sondheim masterpiece indeed it has i would say you it's one of his best captivated from the beginning, the ballad of sweeney todd it just brings you in mm-hmm. when that factory whistle comes on you are ready to go and you are intrigued mm-hmm. And he wants you to pay attention. You have that organ music, and then you have the factory whistle just very much just shocking the audience because it's a very loud noise, and it shocks the audience. Anyone who might just be like, "Uh uh-huh, in the audience, sort of like they're not really into it, but then factory whistle comes, and they're like, (gasps) and then there's just this moment, and then the beginning melody comes in. Right. And to me, the music is top-notch. There's nothing, anything like it. There's so Mm -hmm. many ballads that Mm -hmm. I can think of. If you ask me some of the best musical theater ballads Uh ever, I would say a couple off the top of my head are notable just from Sweeney Todd itself Uh that I can pick off the top of my head. So I think, to me, that's what ultimately makes this my favorite out of the two. So... That is what I think on Sweeney Todd, the Demon Barber of Fleet Street. Yes. All right. Yes, indeed. That's all the Thespian thoughts we have for you today. Make sure to follow us, our station, to catch the next episode of Thespian Thoughts. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Thespian Thoughts Show and on Twitter at the two thespians and that is the number two we'll catch you next time with our thespian thoughts on 
Avenue Q with Brenton and Mark.